1: I'm Saffa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we.
0: And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers.
1: Okay, what are we drinking today?
0: A new drink. Another new drink. Another new drink. A mermaid lemonade. Perfect, because it's about almost 90 degrees today, so it's a perfect time for a lemonade. And a hard lemonade would be better. So, this uses a part and a half of Neptune Hendrix gin. That's kind of the ocean part that we're adding to it, right? Okay. And then we added one part of mermaid gin, which is the strawberry mermaid gin. Yep. And then... Your pint glass is full of ice, the gin's in there, and then you fill it up with your lemonade. Now,
1: you have to tell everyone how to make your lemonade. The lemonade is like the perfect excuse to make lemonade. Yeah. You just need two fresh lemons. You chop them up into quarters. You drop them into a blender with a, uh, a cup or less of sugar, depending on your sweetness, mm-hmm. like, quotient. You fill your blend up with ice, add two, three, four cups of water till it's full and just blend it. Mm-hmm. And then when it's all blended up, you strain it through a strainer, mm-hmm. and you put it in the fridge, and you've got the most delicious essence of lemon lemonade that <sighs> there is. Sounds so good. Yeah. Sounds this good. is going to be a good drink. Okay. okay, cheers. Cheers. Smells it. Oh. I mean, that's unfair. That's actually unfair. That's really good. It's really good. That's really
0: good. And I thought this ahead of time. So the Neptune, of course... The sea flavor of that gin plays well with the lemonade, of course. Yeah. Right? But then that mermaid gin with that strawberry hint to it,
1: right? It's definitely got a little strawberry. You've tasted it in the lemonade, don't you? It's so evil. This is really good. This is evil. It's a delicious drink. Yeah. You should make this. Yes. Yes. Today, we're going to be having a conversation with Mar mm. about her experience in the trans community. Yeah. And one of the things you and I have had the benefit of is talking to folks in different stages of their trans journey across mm. the world. Mm-hmm. And there's something really amazing about hearing people tell their story because what it does is it just takes away a lot of the political noise around the trans right. community and it just brings it into like stark, in-your-face reality, like this is what life is as lived. Right. Yeah. So with that, Mar, welcome to the conversation.
2: Thank you. Great to be here.
1: Well, we're delighted that you're here. And we always ask our guests to share their journey in life as a sexual creature. So how did you discover yourself and how things evolved for you over time?
2: Oh, I, you know, it's, it's taken, it's been a process, um, (laughs) You know, I discovered that I was a kinky individual pretty early on, you know, in like middle school, and I didn't really quite know what it meant, you know, and about the same time, I was kind of discovering that I did not feel like a, a, you know, a cis, cis person, but at the time, you know, it's like, I didn't know what, what it meant, am I gay, am I, who knows? So it's kind of taken a while to come into who I am. But um, I've always been a kinky creature. I've always been messing around with, you know, all the, the bondage stuff you can get from a Home Depot or a Lowe's or whatever, or, or whatever you find in the basement of your, your parents' house. But yeah, I mean, re- I've only been transitioning for like two years now. So I'm, I'm kind of newer to being out in the kink community and kind of putting myself out there because it took a while to feel okay with myself, if that makes any sense.
1: It does make sense, you know, and I'm hearing sort of lots of interesting places in your journey where you were confronted by what you were dealing with. Yeah, And I'm curious, as you said, you were a kinky kid in middle school. I'm curious, as you grew into yourself as a young adult and as you began to explore yourself sexually, how did you make the realization that you really weren't comfortable in your body or is that how it occurred to you?
2: Oh, it's just, it's always been there being uncomfortable with my body. I've, you know, I spent my whole life trying to figure out if I can just deal with it until about two years ago, and I decided I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore. So yeah, it's taken some time. And you know, like I said, I kind of just thought I was going to be miserable for my whole life, and I was just gonna have to deal with it. But you know, two years ago, I decided I didn't want to be miserable anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a powerful choice that you made. And courageous because obviously it presents a series of hurdles. So I guess two questions. The first is what was the catalyst that caused you to actually choose to begin a journey as a, a transitioning person? And then the second part of that is looking back now over these two years, how are you left now compared to, you know, the path that brought you there, the emotional experience of it?
2: As far as like the thing that actually made like twisted my arm to start transitioning, it's kind of goofy, I guess, but like Cyberpunk 2077, the video game, like you could customize your character and and you know, you could make a trans character and I was like, "You know what? Why am I doing this in a video game when I could do it in real life?" And that was kind of like the the final straw. And I was like, "I'm I'm done just like thinking about it and always thinking about it and being miserable in the body I'm in." And that it kind of just gave me that extra push that I needed. And uh, I was living in Virginia and it was pretty easy to get on HRT and and things like that. So it, it all happened really quick, which was cool, at least for me. Right. Okay, good.
1: So that's actually a fascinating story because I'm always curious about, you know, the last straw. Like, what was the last thing that caused it, you know? The other question I asked was, looking back now over the two years since you've begun to transition, how do you occur to yourself now compared to how you occurred to yourself then? Oh,
2: I'm I'm doing better. Um, it's it's just a constant journey. It's, um you know... I'm always trying to just make life a little bit better for myself, but I'm much happier with my body now than I used to be. That's for sure. Uh, so it's definitely a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> yeah. So it's been kind of a rocky road for two years, but I, I like to think that maybe, maybe things are starting to even out a little bit. Although I live in Florida right now and it's, it's not politically very great. So it's not, it's going to still be a bumpy road.
0: <laughs> so, in the transition that where you're at, I mean, I don't know if I've heard people re- respond in different ways. You know, I'm not quite cooked yet or I'm on the path or whatever. But, like, what do you see? Do you see anything major you, you have or need to do for yourself to feel complete? I mean, do you think that's a possibility for you to feel
2: complete? Oh, ah, uh, you know, that's a hard question that I don't know if I have an answer for. You know, just always having a problem with my body since like day one of being a human being. Yeah, it's hard for me to answer that. I mean, I'm just always trying to make myself better, but you know, like there's a certain level of happiness that comes with how far I've been and how how far I've gone that like there's a certain threshold of happiness that I'll be happy with, (laughs) I guess.
0: I think what's fascinating here, and I'm sure you can see the bigger picture is, you know, how you're expressing your desire for your own expression of yourself as a as a sexual creature. That means in your physical sense, right? So you feel whole. Yeah. I mean, this is so amazing that cisgender females are running around unhappy with who they are. I mean, this this is a common thing and it's just so amazing that it comes back to not the protein package that you get but how you experience yourself as a person that needs to then be the expression. And it's just fascinating. I think it's amazing.
2: Yeah. What's next for you? Oh, goodness. I'm not much of a planner. So that's a really hard question for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm living in Florida right now with some awesome people. And we're kind of looking to get out of it because of the, the political uh, surrounding, I guess. So I think we're just looking for a safe place for queer people to live. And uh, maybe maybe make that move. And then it's, uh, for me at least, it's kind of just take it step by step and have as much kinky fun as possible.
1: <laughs> okay, so I've got the world of that. So as a kinkster, what's your kink journey all
2: about? You know, <sighs> oh, give me a sec. I have to think on that. I'm still finding, finding out a lot of things. So I guess I'm exploring right now. You know, I love being tied up and (laughs) it's something I don't want to go out, go without for like the rest of my life. So it's really important and I'm trying to make it a larger part of, of my life. I don't want kink to just be this like side thing that I kind of do every once in a while. And I just, I want it to be a a large, large part of my life. And uh, I'm just trying to take steps to get there. And it's, it's been difficult, especially being trans and trying to find a foot in the door with people who will tie you and, and shoot with you and, and things like that.
1: Interesting. We've created a sex-forward, kink-forward dynamic between us. So kink and sex is a big part of our life. And both of us are really fulfilled yeah. as an impact of that. Because yeah. like you, I think being kink is an identity in a way because I'm hardwired as a kinkster. And so is she, and so are you. And so I think it's like important to have a relationship with a partner where you're aligned in your kink experience with each other as well. Because kink on its own, it's not just a thing you do. It becomes a exploration that you go on together, right? And you've identified an affinity for, say, bondage, for example. Where can you go with that with somebody who's like really into bondage,
2: right? I totally agree. And I know there are people who will disagree with us, but I don't know. I don't think I can ever do like just a regular vanilla relationship ever again, honestly. I don't know if I want to. Like, it just sounds like a lot of trying for something that just doesn't, doesn't click, doesn't click with me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that kind of experience as a kingster to do it occasionally when you get an opportunity and not every time or otherwise, you sort of miss an opportunity to create relationship in a way that, it, what we call it, going down the rabbit hole on a journey together, right? Like we, te- we held hands, we jumped into the rabbit hole, and we've been exploring every day for five years, like every day. And where we are today is like way different
0: yeah, than totally, where we were
1: five years ago, because it's a journey we've gone on together as Kingsters, exploring fetishes, desires, wants, you know, discipline-based dynamics, relationship, power, exchange. power exchanges, like all of this, right? It's just, a, it's an exploration. It's not like a thing you do on a Saturday.
2: Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. And it's, it's a cool, it's cool to have somebody with you on the journey. Like you said, it makes it a totally different thing than just something you're experiencing by yourself. You get to experience it with somebody else. It's, uh, it really opens up the experience.
0: <laughs> so you shared that you were really into bondage and, and that's wonderful because it's fun to play with ropes and things. Do you have other fetishes that came on? Because it sounds like when you're younger, that kind of bondage was like the main stimulus, but then obviously you've been exposed to way more kinks and things like that. And have, you know, you've grown, your mind has expanded. And so what other things are taking interest, or you're noticing a direction you're moving that you might not have expected?
2: Oh goodness! I like to describe it this way as I cast a really wide net. I'm into a lot of things. there's not a lot of things I don't wanna at least try, yeah, oh, uh, let's see what am i I don't know I just got my like first opportunity to really get into some ropes not too long ago, which is weird, but I guess it sounds weird, but I'm used to working with like tape and other conventional, you know, Home Depot supplies, but I finally got into some ropes and it was, it was really great. So I'm looking forward to trying more of that. I love rubber stuff, but I don't have like, you know, a wardrobe or anything. I, I'm into trying it all, honestly. I mean, that's such a, a stupid statement to say, you know, when people are like, you know, talking about what you're into, they're like, oh, I'm into it all. Well, you're not, but like... I don't know, I like trying new things. And uh, that's something that just kind of keeps me going in this world in general is just loving to try new things, things I haven't tried. So like, that's almost a kink in its own way for me is just finding new kinks, like, what can I get into? What can I try? And then see if I enjoy it or not.
0: That just means you're
1: adventurous,
0: and yeah. that's yeah. what a sex explorer is.
1: Yeah, we we created the the, the experience called Sex Exploration. Oh, I love. it. So you're basically you're basically a sex explorer. You're just early in the process. <laughs> yeah, I
2: agree.
1: Okay, so you're in Florida. You're trans. You've made some headway down that transformation, and what I get is that you're going to be looking for better. Community to live in where you feel safe, which I get absolutely. And you're a kinky rope bottom, and you want to explore rigging like really in a big way.
2: Yeah, I just uh, I want to get into any kind of bondage I can get into. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the uh, the material is if I can vibe with the people I'm with. I'm I'm into it.
1: Yeah, and that's the main thing you're after. You're trying to find a co-pilot, somebody to explore with. Because, you know, any good adventure of exploration requires at least a co-pilot.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, I'm not the most, like, social creature. I like being sociable, but it's not always very easy for me. So finding that co-pilot is, is not is not an easy thing. Yeah, I used to be, I was married up until just a little bit ago. So we weren't on the same journey. And that was, that's kind of part of it. So I, I didn't want... To kind of, you know, have a co-pilot that didn't want to be on the journey with me. So just another thing I'm going through right now.
1: You know, we like to say that our kink is communication. Mm. And the reason we say that is because the way you get what you want is to learn how to ask for it. Right. And you want to ask it of somebody who's a participant in your journey so that. They don't say no, they say yes. Yeah. You know, because they're enthusiasm. Yeah, because like, they're interested yeah. too, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so great to have that person who's also into what you're, what you're both into it together, and it's just so much more exciting that way, rather than feeling like you're dragging somebody along through this, this dredge of a journey, and you're just, everybody's miserable, so. Yeah, well,
1: you know, we created this relationship, this dynamic by talking about it, and then after we were in it for several years, we were like, "Man, this is so great! <laughs> we should document how people can do this, how people can get here." Yeah, exactly. So we did. We created a like a task a day. It's a ninety day coaching program that helps you get to
0: clarity. We really are as yeah, a,
1: clarity as yeah. a person, so that you can actually find somebody who's absolutely matched with you. So, we created that, right? And so, people do that to discover. And the thing that the program does, which you can do, you don't need the program to do it, but it helps. Basically, you have to look inward. You've got to go inward. You've got to find out who you actually are and you've got to share yourself authentically. And that's how you find the person that you're aligned
2: with. Yeah, that's, it's difficult to find who you really are. I'm still, I still feel like it's a constant journey that I'm just like, still trying to find.
1: Well, we have a program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool though. What's
1: it called? Task a day. I'll send you some information about it. Yeah. You can it's quite expensive. It's just, it's really worthwhile. It's though. really
0: just. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. you have an accountability program partner, which is Safra and I. And so then you are answering these questions. There's no right or wrong answer. It's your journey. But we, because we've done this for so long and coached tons of people, we are able to see what you say about your own experience and be able to help tease you forward and move you in a way that gets you to see more of what you're trying to actually express. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then it becomes intentional.
1: Nice. Yeah. Anyway, Mar, listen, I really appreciate you coming on the conversation. I yeah. enjoyed talking to you. And, you know, we're pulling for your safety for sure, but yes. also the ongoing exploration that you're on as you take on what it means to be a sex explorer.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. That's it
0: for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time. Cheers.